0: I'm not sure if I even knew what the word prostrating meant before I went to seminary. The same goes for the word genuflecting. Those (laughs) words just made no sense to me at first. But these are words that are commonly used in Christian worship to mean lying face down, which is prostrating, or taking a knee, which is genuflecting. But I remember my first time prostrating. It was in this very space, kind of like right here, actually. Maybe some of you were here for that first time to see it. It was Good Friday about three years ago. And each Good Friday, we host a joint worship with Grace Episcopal. And for our Episcopal siblings, there are two things you do on Good Friday. You prostrate before the cross, and you wear only a black cassock. Alright, that sounded a little bit weird. Let me say it clear. The black cassock wasn't the only thing we were wearing on Friday. We do have clothes on underneath. It's just meant to be a more stripped down service. Okay, wait, you know, I'm going to stop on behind. So there I was with Reverend Amity Kruba of Grace Place. And we walk just out of this sacristy back here quietly in our black cassocks with clothes on underneath. And as we reach the foot of the cross, where Amity has instructed me that we will prostrate ourselves, I am new to this whole liturgical move, so I've been kind of keeping my eyes peeking over at Amity to make sure that I'm moving in unison with her, and I follow her as we take a knee. I have my eyes peeled to the side to make sure that after we fall and lay down on our bellies face down, that I get back up at the same time with Reverend Amity. So I had my focus on her this whole time because I wanted to get this right. But my mind in that moment decided to make a jump, and all of a sudden, I have the chorus of that Buffalo Springfield song, for what it's worth, in my head. And I'm laying there, face down, and the chorus that goes like this, We better stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody look, what's going down? That's like running through my head as I'm laying kind of awkwardly, eyes peeled at amity. And needless to say, I felt like my mind and my body and my whole presence was all over the place. But despite my fixation on trying to get it right and the simultaneously random earworm popping into my head, I can still remember a profound feeling I felt in that moment. I can't really describe it, but I was moved as we laid face down in the middle of the sanctuary, in the middle of worship. Something happened in that liturgical act of thanksgiving and reverence that continues to live in me, and through an embodied ritual worship movement and moment like prostrating before the cross on Good Friday, something happened. And I wonder if you have a similar story in your experience in worship. A moment where you felt the presence of the Holy Spirit and the hairs on the back of your head, or your neck stood up, or maybe you got goosebumps, or maybe you were moved to tears. Maybe it's in moments like this that keep us coming back, reminding us that even if we don't feel it every single week, something is happening here. And that leads me to our gospel lesson from today, where Jesus heals ten people who are suffering from leprosy. But it's in a very unique way. Jesus doesn't touch them or put mud on them or anything like that. He rather instructs instructs them to go and show themselves to the priests. And it's as they walk away to do just that, that they are healed of their leprosy. But one out of the ten, only one turns back to then say thanks to Jesus for being healed. The text says that when this one saw that he was healed, He turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He then prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Him. Then something happens. Jesus says to this man, We're not ten made clean, but the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then He said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The word that is used in this text to describe the act of giving thanks that this one healed person offers to Jesus, the word is Eucharisteo, or as we might hear it in worship today, Eucharist. And it's not necessary for this one healed person experiencing leprosy to come back and prostrate himself before Jesus. The other nine didn't do that and they were still healed. But I would affirm that In doing that, this one experiences something. Something happens. And it's important what this one healed person does in coming back to participate in that giving thanks, that Eucharist. Something happens there. And it's beyond healing. It's this kind of holistic wellness that Jesus pronounces upon this person experiencing leprosy. Well, healed from leprosy, I guess. It's something that they receive as a result of this act of thanks to God. And I would argue that a similar thing happens here, in this space, when we get together every week. We gather around this table to give our thanks, to experience God's presence in real material ways. We don't have to come here. Our theology does not require ritual acts of worship in order to experience God's grace. And I'm sure we can think of a hundred other ways we could spend our Saturday nights. Yet, we are here. Like the one healed man who, in our gospel, returns to Jesus to say thank you. To sing, to pray, and to participate in this act of giving thanks this Eucharist. And in that ultimately unnecessary but important, important act, something happens. Wellness is experienced, community is built, spirits are fed. Folks, something's happening here. But that's not to say that this is the only place where this something happens. We might see it out in the world in our everyday lives when somebody sends a thank you note, when somebody shares a sincere hug of thanksgiving after an act of generosity, or maybe even when somebody comes out I was thinking about this last one the past week as we observed National Coming Out Day. And my social media feed it was flooded with stories of people coming to understand that their gender identity or their sexuality is something different than the cisgender heterosexual norm that was placed on them. That's really placed on all of us. And it was in these stories, they were stories of courage, stories of reconciliation, even messy stories of healing and wholeness. I was moved by all the stories and messages of support for folks who have come out and even those who have not come out because maybe it's unsafe. Because maybe that person just doesn't want to or maybe it's for some other reason altogether. One of the most moving things I think about this whole National Coming Out Day and these stories is that it was a day of giving thanks, giving thanks for the ways in which God has created us, and out or not, if you are having trouble giving thanks for who God made you to be, I want you to know that God made you on purpose, and when we can find it in ourselves to return thanks to God for making us fearfully and wonderfully, something happens in that thanks, wellness, wholeness. And healing are given to us by God. So it's not just in worship that we give thanks. It can be in coming out. And coming out or not, but coming to a place where we love who God created us to be. That is an act of giving thanks. Especially when the world tries to keep us in captivity. Giving thanks for who God created us to be in that moment is a radical, radical act. And speaking of captivity and radical acts, it's some, finally some good news from Jeremiah today. And in this text that we had in our first reading, the Hebrews are instructed by God to seek the welfare of the city to which they have been forcibly relocated by the Babylonians. And when I hear that, I just think, wow, that is not an easy task. Seeking the welfare of the city to which you are being held captive in exile— yet, this radical act of seeking welfare on the Babylonian city where they find themselves exiled, it is a response of thanks to God for being with them, with these Hebrews, even in captivity. It's a radical act of thanks for what God does, and not for what the Babylonians have done to the Hebrews. And something happens there when they seek the welfare of their city kind of reminds me of this sticker that I see often on a bike rack outside of Roosevelt University. It's this sticker that says Helping Others Helps Yourself. And giving thanks to God by seeking the welfare of even those who attempt to hold us in captivity. We are promised that in that radical act we will find our own welfare. Something happens when we give thanks by living free and open lives, even in the face of oppression. Something happens when we look inward and we thank God for what new facets of our identity we find. Something happens when we respond to our own healing by running back to God at this table and giving thanks for all that God has done. Something is happening here, folks. And from time to time, we better stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody, what's going down? And I'm not saying that you have to prostrate yourself, but practicing radical acts of thanksgiving, not out out of obligation, but in response to God's goodness, it is the way to wellness, to healing, to wholeness. And difficult and mysterious as that may be, something is happening. Thanks be to God.